0: Welcome in to the Sports Objective. It's uh, hard to believe it's the Keith LeClaire Classic coming up tomorrow night, or tomorrow afternoon rather. And uh, with this right now we have a very special guest and uh, we're very happy to have a first year med student. Very proud of her, Audrey LeClair, daughter of Keith LeClair. for those that don't know. And Audrey, thank you so much for coming on tonight. It's an honor to have you back.
1: Thank you guys for having me. I am glad to be back.
0: So we wanted to ask you, we're talking pre-show, but for those uh, listening and watching tonight, and whenever they're watching or listening, uh, how are things going with med school?
1: They're going. Um, I'm in COVID med school, so we are online and it's different and it's a learning curve, but we're making it and making the best of the situation. But i um, definitely stressed out, but um, I'm living my dream, so I cannot complain too much at all.
2: What, what do you want to do with your with your degree? What What field of medicine do you want to go in?
1: I'm actually torn going in. um, I was kind of dead set on like pediatric emergency medicine. Um, But I really do kind of also love sports medicine orthopedics. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm keeping an open mind because with my luck. I'll I'll have a specialty I don't want to go into. And that's going to be the one I fall in love with. So I'm just at this point, keeping an open mind about it all.
2: Yeah, I definitely, I sports medicine seems to, uh, it, we, we, when you when you think of you, your your dad and all that sports medicine, it's just immediately what comes to mind, but you you do whatever feels right.
1: Yes.
0: Very excited to have you on. It's hard to believe the year, like every year seems to go faster and faster and faster. And here we are, another Keith LeClaire Classic. I'm just so excited to honor your dad and what he and your mom and all of you, the whole family um, means to Greenville. And how does it feel here? Another year's gone by and and we have the Keith Claire class.
1: It is it is crazy. Um, it's also I looked back and I can't believe how many years it's been going on. It seems like it started five years ago, um, but it has been so many years and every year it's just a special. Um, and it just means a lot to us. They don't have to honor dad that way. Um, and we are so honored that they do. Um, it means the world to us. And um, we just have so much love for um, not only ECU baseball, but the Greenville community as a whole.
2: I'll oh, do. Normally, it's a, a team field. Or excuse me. Normally, it's a tournament field with, you know, three or four other teams. This year, because of COVID, it's just a traditional weekend series with Appalachian State. But still, uh, you know, having the Keith LeClair Classic couldn't let the tradition go go without a year, even though you can't have the normal tournament.
1: Yes, and then we kicked off Mustache March. So just a lot of things going on um, this weekend, but it's really neat to have app and um, just the fact too, that their assistant coach, Britt Johnson is an ECU alum. It still kind of makes it special, even though it's not a field of three teams. It's just the one um, is still neat. And their head coach, of course, I know you guys have talked to him, but coach Smith is just an awesome guy. And I think it's going to be a great weekend regardless.
2: Yeah. And also uh, to what an appropriate time for this, You know, We haven't been able to have any fans to speak of in the stands, and uh, oh, yeah. this weekend we will be welcoming back 30 percent capacity. So, uh, what, what a great time for that to happen!
1: Yes, and I hope the full 30 percent is there. So, if everybody's listening, oh, okay. please, please, please.
0: <laughs> Although,
3: Audrey, let no you,
0: worries there, <laughs> Audrey. Let me tell you something we gave away ticket sync to Ryan Robinson, uh, with ECU. He gave us four tickets to go away for Wednesday. That's the most retweets. I probably shouldn't say that, but that's the most retweets we've ever had and the history three years now of the show that we've ever had. So people are dying that they're dying to be in there in uh, Clark LeClaire stadium. They want to see their pirates play. I mean, who could blame them? I mean, we saw Davis Searcy. I saw him on Facebook. He he was on a ladder to look over the fence last night so he could watch the game. That's the kind of passion. If anybody wonders, why is it so special to be a pirate? That's the kind of fans, fans we have there is the be climbing up a ladder so you can see over the gates, over the fence.
1: Yeah, I actually saw that picture. And the first thing that came to my mind um, was actually, as you know, my dad used to get tossed out of a lot of games. Um, He loved to argue with umpires. That was kind of his um, his favorite hobby, I would say. And um, back in the old stadium, they had the band tower, football tower. I don't know what it was out in right field. Um And he would get tossed from games because it was before you could stream games and he would go stand on top of the tower because he could see the field. Um, So seeing him on that ladder, I'm like, man, it, it just brought flashbacks because I know that dad used to go out and write field and watch the games after he got tossed like that. So.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, no, I didn't know. I didn't know that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, they, they didn't. Uh, they weren't strict back then. Now you get tossed to a game. They have a, they have a law officer. Make sure you go back to your office, probably. But uh, I, uh, Audrey, we, we had this conversation the other day with I can't remember. Maybe maybe Dave knows. Bubba would know, but he's not on here right now. Um, would uh, one of your dad's former players uh, about how it's amazing when you really look at the grand scheme of things? Your dad wasn't a head coach that long.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, East Carolina, Western Carolina, and. the the amount of guys he coached that went on to be in coaching, that went on to be head coach and assistant coaches, his coaching tree. There are people that that coach for 50 years. that don't have the coaching tree that your dad has.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Um, And it's even for me, I think it's even um, more special that all of them have kind of found special teams. And um, it's, they're always so fun to watch. And um, it kind of is when you look back, it's even for, I know us as a family, every year um, that he's been gone, it's like, Oh man, like, I cannot believe that we're up to, I don't know how many years it's been now, 15 years. Um, And it doesn't even feel like that long. And to think that he really didn't coach that long. um, It almost seems like he coached for 30 years, (laughs) Um, but it was only a few, but he made them count. So
0: no, no, remind, no, no. Good. Yeah. I, yeah. I just want to remind fan, fans to a little sidebar here. If you haven't done so, I've read the book twice, Coaching Third, Bethany Bradshaw. uh, What a great book. I want people to buy that book. And and I tell you what, the one thing that I, well, one of many things I admired about your dad and, you know, because you were there with him was the fact I, I just can't imagine. And I haven't been in that situation, but I just can't imagine someone that was so positive through one of the most difficult mm-hmm. things that you could ever imagine. And he was always positive. I mean, that that still was something that inspires me is that, you know, we always hear people say, no matter what you think is a bad day or what you're going through, there are people that are going through, you know, worse things. Mm-hmm. And just the fact he was going through one of the worst things that could happen to someone, but yet he still remained positive all the way through is just um, amazing to me.
1: Yeah, um, and it definitely inspires me. That's where on days that I catch myself, um, even in med school, or just a wor- something as simple as a workout, um, anytime that I get down and I'm like, oh, this is miserable, or um, why did I choose to do this? Or um, you know, anything negative like that, I just take a minute. And I'm like, you know what? It's somebody else out there has it worse than me. And um, I'm in a pretty good situation compared to a lot of people. So I know that um, his mentality of that has kind of rubbed off on me even in my daily life. So um, it's just incredible. Um, I it I still am just in awe at his strength and perseverance that he had.
2: Audrey, you were um, I I don't know how old you were when you when your dad got sick, but you were a little girl. Um, If it's not too personal. When did you realize personally how sick he was and, and, you know, how how did you handle that news finding out?
1: For, for us, um, I was actually, and it's not personal at all. I have no issues talking about it. And if anybody ever has any questions about ALS, they're more than welcome to reach out to me. But, um, for me, I was there. Um, I want to say it was in 2001 or early 2002, late 2001, early 2002. my dad actually didn't feel that well. And so my mom was like, okay, like just get in the shower. Um, Maybe it'll make you feel better. He couldn't quite pinpoint um, exactly what was going on. And he'd already seen doctors and they'd thrown out the diagnosis. And so we kind of already had that in our minds, but um, he actually collapsed in the bathroom um, on my mom. And so she had to call 911 and I was about five or six. And she had told me you have to watch for the paramedics and like, um, tell them that we're up here because she didn't want to leave him. And, um, so I was sitting on the stairs at the young age waiting for the paramedics. And, um, I, that is something I will never forget. Um, just, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. I had no idea what was going on. Um, and I think that's when it kind of hit me, um, that something was off and that, um, Maybe things weren't going to be so OK. And that was actually the hospital stay that they had to make the decision of if he was going to be vented or not. Um, so when he came home from that, that was kind of a whole change in our lives with the vent and the feeding tube and all of that good stuff. So that, I think, was the first moment for me that I realized um things are different. Um, but of course, also being so young, we easily jumped into a new routine and it just became right. normal um, for the next five years.
3: Yeah. It I
0: kind of gave that. you the, I'm sorry, Kyle, I was just going to say it real fast. I kind of gave you the path of what you wanted to be, right? I mean, your purpose in life because of your dad's diagnosis, it seems like.
1: It definitely did. It, and without it, and I say that all the time, without him going through what he did, I don't know that I would be where I'm at today. Um, so it definitely had a huge impact.
2: Yeah, no doubt. As you know, you still talked about your dad's players and the assistant coaches, the impact you mm-hmm. had on their lives, so obviously you're his daughter. So, you know, and, and you're going to school to be a doctor now. So, you know, who knows, maybe you'd have done the same thing anyway, but it, you know, the fact that you, you dealt with your dad dealing with such a terrible disease. at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to try to save other people's lives.
1: Yes. It, and honestly, it brings me no greater joy. We had such a great team of doctors and nurses and speech therapists and physical therapists and the entire healthcare care team um, that supported us. And they poured into us and our family. It will bring me no greater joy to be that for other people and just to give back and to serve them in that capacity, um, as many did for us.
2: Have you have you spoken to any of, of the uh, the healthcare providers, doctors, et cetera? That- I am
1: I have. I'm actually friends with a lot of the nurses that he had a couple of them. Um, We're still Facebook friends and they remain close to our families. Um, And then another close, close friend of ours was um, Dr. Rick Figler, who was in Greenville. Um, He's actually up in um, Cleveland now at the Cleveland Clinic. we haven't talked to him in a while, but um, he was another one that was just a very close family friend and always there if we needed anything. But of course, um, his speech therapist and uh, physical therapist, Sherry Odom, they became close family friends. Stuart Robertson and Sherry Odom became a part of his long term caretaking team. So family friends first and then in the caretaking team. And we still see them at least once a year. So we definitely keep in touch with with a lot of them.
2: That's great. What kind of, what kind of reaction did, uh, did some of the doctors and nurses give you when they found out you were going to medical school? Did they tell you you were crazy and don't do it?
1: No, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> um, looking back now, maybe I wish they would have. Um, kidding, of course. But... That's what
2: my wife does. Anytime anybody tells her that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that they want to be a teacher, she says, don't do it. No, no.
1: When, see, that's when I say that I love emergency medicine. That's when people are like, no. And I'm like, no, I do. I worked in an ER for two and a half years, and I love it. Um, But nope, nobody has yet, and I think everybody in med school is a little, a little crazy. But hey, that's what that's what got us here.
2: Uh, Maybe you should be an ER doctor, Audrey. Those those keep around. (laughs) We we (laughs) need to have
0: Dr. John Bream. Where are you, Dr. Bream? We need to have
1: him (laughs) on. Yeah, Bream
2: Bream loves it too. He's a, he's a bit of a nut. Are you a bit of a nut? I mean, that that may be what it takes.
1: I probably I love the adrenaline rush of it. So. That might
2: be what
0: it is yeah (laughs) one of the things i remember about your dad was his mental toughness and i was talking about like baseball wise but i'm sure um personally too uh you and jd i I would imagine you guys have like tremendous mental toughness and just uh like that to grow up and be like the the son and the daughter of your dad you would have to be like (laughs) the fact that leclaire is your name you have to be mentally tough
1: right surprisingly surprisingly we get a lot of that from our mom um just even sports like (laughs) horses i would fall off and she'd be like you're fine get back on like you're good um jd with baseball he'd get hit by a baseball he's like "Ah, you're fine like just shake it off um so i think we actually got that more from her she's actually super tough and um it's a it's a loving tough but um she dad was a little dad was um more laid back with us mom was kind of the one that's like you're all right you're not stop the crying you're fine
0: um audrey we have some folks uh tuning in tonight viewing they wanted to uh, reach out to you so if we can put those comments bubba Hal Banks says watching and picking south carolina so we'll yeah. say hello there hey how and patricia bonner says so proud of you
1: oh miss patricia that was actually one of dad's nurses we love her yeah. so much
0: that's so awesome it's so uh it's so sweet to see how many how many people do you think how many i mean i don't know like numbers wise but it's got to be in the thousands that he really touched it's hard to i guess from your standpoint it's hard to fathom how many people how many lives he's touched we talked about the players but just there's so many fans i mean you mentioned the name anytime the name I will look um, at the three of
2: us dave i mean
0: yeah yeah exactly uh, but just in fact, anytime that those two names are mentioned, Keith LeClaire, people just automatically stories or they'll be talking about um, the impact of baseball or they're talking about his what just like his uh, fight there with ALS and his faith with uh, Christianity. I mean, there's so many different things. You can't define Keith LeClaire in one thing. I, that's another thing that I thought about preparing for the interview tonight.
1: It, um and I say this all the time. I truly believe that God went before he was born. God knew that that was going to be his path of life. And he knew that um, it was going to happen. And I think the neat thing is I I don't feel that personally that he would have touched as many people had he not gone through what he did. Um, and I truly feel that he used it to show his testimony and to just be a light um, first for Christ and then second for others and just truly um, if he had not gone through his battle with ALS, I don't think he would have impacted um, as many people. And of course, you know, he probably would have impacted players and um, not kind of been that role model for them still. But as far as others, I don't know that he would have um, reached. And I do know that he has a devotional somewhere and it kind of says that if he had not or if he can bring one person to Christ through his battle with ALS, then it will all be worth it. Um, and that was what was most important to him. It wasn't even reaching all of these people. It was just, if he could just lead one, um, then he would have felt like his his mission was complete. And um, I, he lived that, he lived it every day. Um, and he kind of, I know he talked about one time climbing that mental that mental mountain every single day and when he got up and um, it's, you know, as as bad as it was, um, I don't think that I don't think that he would have had it any other way.
4: And guys talking about the impact, uh, you know, I think back to 2002, that season, um, the conference USA tournament at Granger stadium, um, all the, the t-shirt jerseys with 23 and the on the back, and those are still being sold um, here nearly 20 years later.
2: Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, it, they, you know, he's he still, his story and, and, and people still care about him just as much now as they did 20 years ago. Audrey, you, you were talking about his faith. And, you know, <laughs> if he could lead one person to Christ because of having ALS, then, you know, it was worth it. it was, let me see if I can word this right. Did, did the faith get stronger during ALS or was he already of, 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 of that faith before he got sick?
1: so he he had already given his life to christ but for him before um it was and he he'll say baseball family faith and it was kind of in that order um and then when everything got taken away and he was truly rock bottom on his knees um, that's when god really started working and it flipped to um, faith family and then baseball um and It's, it's kind of one of those things to, you know, I still think that he could have sat there and sulked and um, been upset about it and been angry at God. But instead of doing that, he turned it around and he was like, this is, this is your purpose for me. This is your purpose for my life. And, um, and I'm going to do what I can with it. And so it definitely, ALS definitely strengthened it 100%.
2: You, um, you mentioned your brother earlier and, uh, What's he doing now? And I would imagine, for, for you, know, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine him him being the boy, and, you know, you mentioned him playing baseball. I bet he felt a lot of undue pressure on his shoulders over the years.
1: He absolutely did. Um, and I will never know how much pressure that he felt. Um, and, you know, for me, I feel like it was a different – I I never really had pressure um, to live up to anything, but he is actually graduated. Um, he graduated in December. Didn't even tell anybody it was his graduation day. Um, until after he goes, nobody's celebrating my college graduation. And mom's like, you didn't tell anybody. Um, so he graduated from Southern Wesleyan university with a degree in environmental sciences. So he is currently applying for jobs, and he's actually getting married in the fall. So wow. he is—he's got big life changes coming up. That's
0: awesome to hear. That's so awesome to hear. You know that you always wonder when all that was going on, and then you know to the to now, like what has happened to just not only this case but just anybody like that you've come cross paths with, or um, and as you know with the pirate nation with our fan base that you guys are always our family and you wonder what happened to them? What happened to former players, coaches, you know, the families of of uh, the coaches and, and those kind of things. So it's really awesome to hear that, that he's doing very well.
1: Yes. We all, we still think he's going to end up as um, the next crocodile hunter. He loves to be outside. He loves animals, <laughs> um, loves snakes and deer and turkeys. So we always joke around that he's going to end up with his own TV show one day. Um, but for now, he's going to he's just going to stick with the environmental sciences. So we'll see. We'll see what he ends up as.
2: Well, that's awesome. An animal lover. Um, you uh, you mentioned in the past that you've uh, gone to Omaha. Uh, how many times now have you been to Omaha?
1: Twice. I have been twice.
2: You've been twice. OK. Mm-hmm. Did, did you get to go? Did, when, when did you go? What years?
1: I went 2013 and then I went 2019.
2: OK, so you were there for Michigan?
1: I was. Yes.
2: How was that? How, how was the experience being there and, and rooting all the Wolverines?
1: It was incredible um, and setting out. We didn't know how long we were going to be there. We went ahead and just booked for a week. And, um, you know, our trip out there was a mom could kind of compares it as the road to Omaha with teams because um, it didn't go as planned. And we had a lot of unexpected turnarounds and we ended up driving literally halfway across the country from South Carolina to Nebraska. Um, but it was absolutely incredible. Um, I got chills when I first went in the stadium in 2013 and I got chills when I walked in in 2019. Um, it's just an incredible place to be. And it's so neat just to be around, um, fellow baseball lovers and people that all have so much passion for the game. And, uh, there's really nothing better than you just watch baseball all day. There's two games a day or yeah, two games a day. Um, I think. I think it's too. Anyway, you watch baseball, you eat good food, you hang out, uh, you shop. So <laughs> it's it's an it's an incredible experience. And I just I know that the emotions when ECU finally makes it are just going to be um, an insane amount and incredible to see. So,
0: yeah, I think you have a hard ticket to get.
1: <laughs> I know, really.
0: Well, what
2: I've been saying all along is, you know, this 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 battle. To make it to Omaha it goes back even further than your right. dad goes all that the way cool. back to Coach Overton, yeah. coach, coach, coach. even before that, that all these yeah. regional appearances without going to Omaha. You yeah. know what we're going to do, Audrey? When Cliff gets us there, we're going to win the damn thing.
1: Oh, they're not going to give any less than hundred ten percent. I have yeah. no doubt about that.
2: Yeah, and, and I think we're going to give no the pressure, I think man. I mean, <laughs> I think that, Well, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I believe in our baseball program and. I How think we'll. Uh, I think we'll get there sooner rather than later. You wouldn't surprise me if we do it this year. Would surprise me if we do it next year. Uh, Don't
1: you get me it. in trouble? You're going to get me in trouble with uh with Cliff.
2: Over oh, talking about Omaha.
4: Cliff, <laughs> hey, look, Kyle, look, not Audrey.
2: Look, <laughs> hey, look. You know what? Your dad talked about Omaha constantly. So, so uh, I'm doing nothing but what your dad would do. <laughs> he he would be talking go. about going to going to Omaha yeah. and. Uh, Look, and I think I think part of the problem with that is and the reason Cliff gets aggravated with it, is this year's team has nothing to do with all those other teams that haven't gone to Omaha. This yes. year this New year's year. team can do nothing about but doing what they can this year. And and I think the pressure ends up coming from fans who we ain't never gonna get to Omaha. Well, this year's yeah. team has nothing to do with any of the other teams that didn't go.
0: Exactly. Great point, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, speaking of Cliff, I was going to ask about Cliff. Uh, I asked him about the Keith and Claire Classic last night. He was devastating. He told me that, uh, you know, how much I think of, uh, of him. and But, you know, he was so hurt. But um, the one thing that I love about Cliff is the fact that fact he is such a huge pirate. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, oh, you know, he took, he took the accountability responsibility for the loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to the, the coaching tree. How cool is it that a disciple of your dad, a player of your dad is playing the team?
1: I, it's it's so neat. Um, I actually remember um, when we had kind of heard rumors back when um, he was going to get hired and mom and I and JD were kind of like, I don't know, like maybe, maybe he really is. And you always kind of hold your breath cause you never know. You, you just read things and you don't know how true they are. Um, but she was ecstatic uh, when she found out that he was going to come back and Um, she was even more honored that he asked to wear dad's number and, um, it's really special for us to see him, um, because he really does embody everything that dad, dad envisioned and more. Um, he has just done an incredible job and he, he loves, he loves ECU.
2: No doubt. Um, how obviously, you know, Cliff keeps in contact with you. Um, How's the current administration done? Uh, Do do, do they reach, you know, with the Keith LeClaire Classic, do they reach out to you guys? Does your mom ever hear anything from Gilbert or or Ron Robinson or anybody?
1: So mom handles all of that. Um, (laughs) I I actually think um, it's more kind of. She communicates with Cliff back and forth, um, but we 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 see everybody when we come into town, um, and we have met John Gilbert, and he is such a nice person. Um, and I really feel like he loves the university too. So everybody is just so nice when we come back, and um, of course we love being back and meeting meeting everybody and seeing everybody.
2: Good deal. And unfortunately, uh, I'm assuming you're you're you're, you're not going to be there tomorrow, so uh, you're, you're going to miss yep. this year's classic.
1: I have an exam. I have an exam tomorrow. So,
2: <laughs> okay. Well we'll, well, we'll excuse you this year,
1: but I'm sure we, I'm sure we're probably going to try to make it back um, at some point this year. Yeah.
4: Yeah. We were here just a few minutes ago, you referenced Britt Johnson, obviously East Carolina mm-hmm. alumnus, Eastern North Carolina native, uh, absolutely loves the pirates, even though he obviously wants the pirates to lose three games this weekend. But uh <laughs> You know, I was talking to him earlier, and you'll hear that, folks, here in just a few minutes. Um, he was talking about what an honor and privilege it was to recruit JD when he yes. and Kermit, uh, Kermit Smith, that is App State's head coach, were at Lander.
1: Yes, they mean the world to us, um, and I think it was it was kind of an honor for JD. He he loved meeting them and um, sitting down and getting to know them. Unfortunately, they left for App before he got to play um, play for them, but we think the absolute world of them both
2: yeah bubba she, she had mentioned brett earlier and i had totally slipped my mind that he was one of your best friends <laughs> Well, that something very else,
4: something else dave that i wanted to bring up while we're on jd is you're talking about his passion for the outdoors and hunting that, that's something that he shared with your dad correct
1: it is um he's probably a little more um, into it than dad was and it was just because um dad really didn't have the time. So anytime summer when he wasn't out recruiting, and then in the fall, um, kind of after fall ball concluded, Christmas, Thanksgiving, um, he would he would go try to deer hunt. So he loved it just being outside. And I think, I don't know, I guess there's something about sitting in a tree stand quietly. I'm not very good at it. It's not. It's not my thing. But um, yep, he and dad both shared that love of the outdoors for sure
0: did you go with your dad uh, hunting any Audrey?
1: I did not. Nope. That was not <laughs> that was not my thing. Um I was actually the one crying to get on the bus with him. Um and my mom's like please So she just stops crying like take her on the bus. Um, <laughs> but no my brother was the hunting one. I was just the, I was the one that was always crying. So <laughs>
2: So, so, does your brother deer hunt, or does duck hunt? What what what, is it, what kind of hunting does he enjoy?
1: Everything. Um, his favorite is deer. Second favorite is turkey. And then he's just now started getting into um duck hunting a little bit.
2: Look, you tell J D. You tell your brother if he wants to really hunt, and he ain't done no hunting until he gets him <laughs> until he gets him some Walker hounds or some black and tans or maybe some blue ticks. And he uh he gets some old rednecks, and he and he gets a pickup truck and a dog box, and he goes in the woods in the middle of the night and he goes raccoon hunting.
1: No, that is, that is mom's one. She's like, please, just, she does not want him to get into that. Um, <laughs> she's like, I'm good with the deer, the turkey and the duck. Let's just keep it at that.
2: You um, got to go to, if, if, he, if, he, if he doesn't look, coon hunting is so unique. You either love it or you hate it. The, the one thing I liked about it is it's the one honey you can do. You can talk all you want. You don't have to be quiet. So you, 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 you can sit at the truck and just talk to the guys, drink a beer. And then wait for the dog yes. to tree and then go walk through the woods. Yes. So
0: it's, 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 it's different.
1: Definitely different. No,
0: no doubt. So um, do you think, uh, before we let you go, we've got a few minutes. I know you've got a big exam tomorrow. So we, don't, we could talk to you all night about baseball and life and everything. Uh, but we want to put this comment up here. He says, Keith was a, still as an inspiration to me. And so many people, this is from Hal Banks. Coaching Third is a very inspirational read. And I agree with you how we were talking about it earlier for people that are just tuning in and maybe listening, but, uh, it's a great book. Bethany is a friend of the show. Fantastic. And I know that, um, that book is really good. In fact, uh, I thought about that about a week or so ago, knowing that the, the, the clear classic was coming up the very fact that I need to read that again. It's an easy read. It's just a tremendous. And where can you get coaching
2: third now? Is it, is it available? Uh, where, where, Audrey? Do you know where the book's available at? now?
1: I want to say Amazon.
0: Amazon uh, definitely, yep. Okay,
1: Is Amazon. Right mm-hmm.
2: And and I would and I would I would bet you. And I don't know this for a fact, but I would bet you UBE has it. But uh, okay, so Amazon for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just just uh, Google uh, coaching third, and I'm sure that'll pop up different places where you can purchase it. But definitely, if you're a East Carolina fan, or even if you're just uh, looking for a great I know that was one of the things uh, Audrey for that book was a very effective um, for people um, to read his testimony and and find out more about uh, Christ but also I mean just there's so many great life lessons um, and just the just I said a lot of mental toughness um, Mm -hmm. about him that you'll find out more if you read the book
1: yes definitely
0: so uh, so this year is one of the year I, I said for, I'm, I'm putting myself on the spot, but I really believe we're going to have a super regional for the first time in Greenville. And uh, so I'm glad to see more fans are going to be in the stands and it starts with your dad's uh, tournament. And I just think that's so cool What Kyle brought that up. I hadn't even really thought about that we're putting two and two together, but just the fact that we can finally have fans for Keith LeClaire classic. And then as, and then we have a regional with uh, uh, that Keith club uh, that Clark LeClaire stadium is going to be rocking and then have a super regional where things are rocking. I'm telling you, I just feel really good about this year and the depth and tough loss last night, but that's just one loss. We've got plenty more games to go.
1: It, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, and that's one thing, you know, that um, I know that dad always kind of tried to remind players is um, certainly one game's not going to define your season. Um, and it's all about how you respond and you bounce back. And, um, there's 50, 56 games for a reason. Um, and each game you can learn from it and you can get better. And um, I don't know. I, I still think these boys play with a lot of heart and they've shown that in previous games too.
0: No doubt. Everybody get their shots so we can have a lot of people in Omaha. We have a lot of people at a regional, super regional, of course. We'll have a lot of people probably trying to get in tomorrow, uh, all weekend long. I think people are probably going to be uh, begging to get in climbing the ladders again to see over the fence. Um, but in fact, I think, uh, Kyle, they're allowing, uh, people to tailgate or groups of people, like 10 or less. So, um, Uh, I have no
2: idea, but I'll take your word on that.
0: Yeah. Bubba (laughs) knows about that. So, um, but anyway, Audrey, thank you so much for coming on. We'd love to talk to you more, but I know you have the exam and uh, I'm sure you're going to be, are you going to be up all night? Do you have a, Hot of coffee brewing or what do you
1: I I am not an all night person. Um I kind of the latest I stay up is two like two AM. Um, if even that, I'm I'm kind it's of pretty a old, pretty light, eyes, I'm I'm normally like eleven PM. I'm yawning and I'm ready to be in bed. Um, but I'm an early riser, so I'll I'll get up early. That's kind of my. I've not pulled an all-nighter yet. I pulled one in undergrad, and I said never again. So,
2: <laughs> Audrey, as we as we let you go, uh, do, do you have any any parting words for Pirate Nation and uh, any any of your family and friends back in Greenville that might be watching?
1: I just first and foremost, I just want to thank everybody um, at ECU and the and Pirate Nation as a whole um, for the support and the outpouring of love that they showed my family when um, Dad was battling ALS, and even now to this day. Um, and I just always, I also just want to encourage everybody to support these guys. Um, I know for me, it's tough being in school with COVID, but it's got to be even more tough on, on these, these kids. And, and that's kind of what they are. They're kids. They're young. And I think people forget that at times, um, but just support these guys and support the team. Cause I know it's tough on them. Um, things are definitely different and don't let one bad game affect anything. Just keep supporting them, keep showing up, keep being loud. And, um, I think this team's got something special. But I just thank you guys again for having me on. I always appreciate it.
0: No, no, no doubt. No. Hopefully we can have some brooms and we can be sweeping on Sunday afternoon. That's what I'm hoping for.
1: I know. Thank you.
0: <laughs> good luck to you on the exam and I know you do well and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so on. much. No doubt. Thanks a lot. Claire, thank you. Uh, have a good night. You too. All right. That's audrey Leclaire, of course, daughter of Keith Leclair. So happy to have her on. And of course, I know she's uh, going to be studying for the exam. Uh, very excited to uh, have obviously a preview of the Keith and Claire Classic, and I know we're we're ready to uh, go to that in just a second, Bubba. Uh, whenever he's ready uh, with that, with the assistant coach's good friend Brett Johnson, will be doing that uh, whenever he is ready to do it, and. I'm so excited by Bubba, Bubba and Kyle about the very fact of the Keith clear classic coming Appalachian. Yeah. State. I'd like to
2: say it this weekend. It's a, it's a big series lost old dominion last night it was tough, but uh, you're not going to win them all second loss of the year. Uh, you know, to be down by three runs in extra innings and to come back, get it down to one run, have a man on second, just shows the kind of heart you guys, yep. these guys play with. So, uh, no, this, this team is, it's is a long season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And, uh, You know, two losses so far on the year. You ain't going to win them all. It's not football. Uh, So uh, just the way we fought last night just shows uh, the heart this team has. And uh, hopefully we'll take three this weekend.
0: No doubt. It's going to be an interesting series. And uh, I know we're going to do well. And we have uh, the pitching for it. We have the bats for it. And they'll be the one thing that you know about a Cliff Godwin team, they will be prepared. And Jeff Palumbo and Jason Dietrich, all the coaches, and stuff. They'll have them well-prepared, so we know that that's going to be the case. We know that we'll have 1,200 people in the stands and that there are going to be people that are all over the yeah, place. how cool
2: and- is that going to be, it, to, to have 1,200 people in the stands again? You know, probably 1,200 people would be considered a disappointment for the Cube for Clear Classic, but it's going to be so cool to hear the fans, to see the fans, to to for it to have an atmosphere. I would imagine that's going to be one of the loudest 1,200 people you ever hear in your life uh friday night there's gonna be a lot of a lot of people that there'll be a lot of people that's their first time you know except maybe going to a restaurant or something that's their first time doing anything like that in a year so uh there's gonna be some emotion let loose tomorrow night and uh hopefully it'll coincide with a nice pirate victory
0: we're going to have the time of our lives uh this weekend whether you can be at the games or not some of us have to work so uh, that would be the case and uh, some of us won't be able to get in but well, uh yeah, oh, yeah.
2: 1200 people you know you, you got a lot of people that just don't qualify because so many people buy multiple tickets that it, it's not you know 1200 fans that 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 are gonna well let me rephrase that it's not 1200 different pirate club members that, that are getting in it's you know people buy multiple tickets so it's really it's a limited crowd but that's fine i'm just glad the ones that can get in are going to be there and if you can't go, hey, by the way, if you're listening and you can't go, make sure somebody's using your damn ticket. There's only going to be 1,200 people there. So if you can't use your ticket, give it to somebody else. Dave, I think you muted
0: yourself. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, we're very excited about it. And by the way, the games are going to be on ESPN+. Plus, uh, So you will be able to see those games. And obviously, we'll have. Uh, basketball, um, we have basketball today, tonight, and we have uh, being Thursday night, and then we'll have it again Sunday afternoon. Yeah, um,
2: I believe Sunday's game is going, Sunday's to, be going to be on
0: ECPlyard.com. Correct. Easty Flyers, Easty 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 right. correct. And that's right. Friday, right Saturday,
2: will be on the ESPN+. Plus.
0: There we go. And that's right, because we have Cincinnati coming uh, to town, so we'll have the last two regular season games. We'll see about the tournament next week. Uh, for sure, but very excited about... Hey, are, are,
2: are we going live with Brent, or is this something Bubba recorded earlier?
0: It's uh, what he recorded earlier, so we're... We're
2: waiting on Bubba to queue it up. Bubba. Bubba <laughs> must be being distracted. He, he uh, must have home duties to do, but uh, bear with us, guys. We'll have the interview with... Is, is it with Britt or is it with Kermit?
0: It's with Brett Johnson.
2: Uh, assistant coach Britt Johnson, former East Carolina player, and good personal friend of Bubba Rosenbaum, so stay tuned for that to get the Appalachian State perspective of uh, the series this weekend. And also, I'm sure they'll talk about uh, Britt's relationship with Keith.
0: No doubt. We're very excited about that. By the way, uh, while we have a chance, uh, let's talk about PGXGloves.com, Kyle. I got some uh, great gifts uh, for my son for his birthday. And I don't want to say what they are because uh, he's listening or potentially listening. But go to PGXGloves.com. They have all the kind of cool stuff right now. And they're a sponsor of the show. We want to thank Mark Minakazi. Appreciate him uh, sincerely for all what he's done. So any little bit I can do to get back to pgxgloves.com, of course, I'm going to do that. And Kyle, they have everything, don't they?
2: Yeah, uh, you you get to custom-made gloves. Uh, Again, I keep preaching it as we're heading towards the spring. We've got a lot of golfers out there. Go to pgxgloves.com. Get yourself some custom-made golf clubs. Look like the star of the golf course as you have your own custom golf clubs. Don't forget about the swag, Dave. They got T-shirts. They got hats. Yep. They got they got pirate-themed uh, merchandise. They got their, their cool logo with the uh, with the lion and the sunset. Uh, go to pgxloves.com, put in code ECU, and save yourself 25%. And, hey, Dave, you know what you can do when you're wearing what? those PGX gloves? You can go over the next level And and wear your PGX gloves and uh, and take some bat practice.
0: It's really exciting because, with that very thing, you have people. uh, Next Level, by the way, is fantastic. Trent Brent, his wife, Ganil, they have uh, a lot of people there. They have a lot of former pirate players and uh, people that are Pitt County uh, kids that have gone on to different colleges around the state and beyond. And they're doing very well. Next Level is exactly what it says. They'll take you to the next level because. Uh, they work very hard this Sunday. They have a really big event on the 7th where they have a clinic there uh, from 1030 until one, right before they open at one o'clock on Sunday, but they're doing a special clinic and you need to call seven, five, six next two, five, two, seven, five, six next. And give them a call and see if there's any, those clinics, Kyle, the, such a popular place uh, sell out. I haven't checked, uh, but I'm not sure if they have any spots available, but if they do, um, they'll definitely uh, make, make you feel like family, and uh, you can join them Sunday, 1030 to 1. It's for eight-year-olds and nine-year-old boys uh, for baseball. I'm looking forward to my son, Alexander. We're taking him on Sunday morning.
2: Yeah, Dave, and uh, no doubt. Um, and Les Bubba's going to be joining us here in a minute. We have such a great show with Audrey. Let's not ruin it here by just killing time. Um, you want to you want to just have the, uh, the Britt Johnson interview as part of our uh, post-game basketball coverage because uh, – I don't know where Mister Rosenbaum has gotten off to. I
0: don't know. We can uh, talk about. Uh, there's a couple other things to talk about, of course. Well, then uh,
2: let's talk about them. Damn it! <laughs>
0: um, at this point, we're just killing a great show. Well, it's all it's all good. We've got. Uh, we do have a couple things we can talk about. Um, we actually have uh, some football news to talk about. Was the Pirates bringing Coach Luttrell? Um He was actually the Norfolk State coach, and he, he is actually.
2: Yeah. Former head coach at Norfolk State, uh, leaving leaving a head coach job um, at the FCS level to uh, at an HBCU to uh, take that, a... that's Latrell Scott, yeah. To to take a inside receivers and tight ends coaching position here at East Carolina, not something you see every day. But you know, lots of times it's hard to move up the FCS coaching rank, particularly from an HBCU to to FBS, uh, even as a head coach. So is sometimes you just want to get in on a good FBS coaching staff to uh, to advance your career at the FBS level. And you you look at some of the hires we've made during the offseason. We, we've lost a couple of coaches. We we let one coach go. But I really like the hires Coach Houston has made. And, you know, it really kind of shows the, the, the confidence these assistants have in him. When you have a guy giving up a head coaching position, you have a guy leaving a stable program that goes to bowl after bowl down at Georgia Southern. To come here to East Carolina, um, to coach for Coach Houston, who hasn't posted a winning season yet, it shows the faith those guys have in him to to leave those jobs to come to East Carolina. So uh, I I think we're fixing to blow up, guys.
0: Sounds good to me, and with Coach Mike Houston, we'll find that. All right, uh, let's actually. uh, We're ready now. I believe Bubba's back uh, with us now, and Bubba, you ready for that interview? Yeah, just one moment. All right. right. We're getting that uh, ready, queued up. In fact, it was uh, a preview of Appalachian State. Bubba had a chance to talk to...
2: Basketball game tips off in six minutes, Gus. Yep.
0: Just saying. All right, here we go with that
3: interview Bubba has. We'll do that. We'll do that right now. I happens to be a very good friend, but also
4: the recruiting coordinator for the Mountaineers. And at Clark LeClaire Stadium, it is the Keith LeClaire Classic, the Abstate State Mountaineers coming into town. And right now to preview that matchup, very excited to welcome in a guy who happens to be a very good friend, but also the recruiting coordinator for the Mountaineers welcome into the show brett johnson
3: well good to be with you man really excited to be able to get on the podcast absolutely appreciate you coming
4: on to talk about this weekend series Uh, obviously obviously it's one that has a tremendously special meaning to you Uh, not only are you getting to uh, play against uh, the top 20 program but you're getting to come home uh, to your roots obviously wanting to win three baseball games but just talk about the start. The Mountaineers are off to. Uh, you guys are six and two, and if you go back to last season, you've won seventeen of your last twenty-five. So it seems like some of those things that you and Coach Smith and staff have really been trying to implement over the last several seasons are really starting to take hold.
3: Yeah, uh, last year we started out eleven and six um, when the pandemic hit, and now we're we're six and two, and. Um, In those eight losses, four of them have been walk-off losses and two of those walk-off losses have actually been in 15 innings. So um, we've we've been extremely competitive the last two years. It was really disappointing the year ended when it did. I I thought as far as uh, the process of your program um, we were in the process of learning how to win. I know a lot of people sometimes think learning how to win. What does that even mean? I mean, it's it's really a thing. And I thought we, we won some games that we wouldn't have won in previous years. And uh, we lost some games, like I said, with three walk-off losses last season. Um, and it was just we were really starting to get to that point where we were going to find out what kind of team we were. We were heading to Texas state when everything died down and we had both won, I think six or seven in a row at that point. And, um, it was exciting to get to go. We were excited to go down to Texas and, and, and find out what we were made of. And I kind of feel like we're in the same position now. Um, we're six and two. We've, we've played pretty well. Yeah. You know, like I said, we had a walk off loss and then we had one game where we just got flat beat. And, um, Now all of a sudden we get to come to Greenville, play a top 20 program in a really hostile environment where there's gonna be more fans than we've seen in a long time. And um, we're excited to get down here and and see see what we're all about. One of the
4: things that really um, kind of elaborate even more on what I'm saying regarding uh, your program taking hold and developing um, the things that you want uh, there in Boone, Um, you've played from behind at least a few times already this season. Uh, You rallied in that walk-off loss. Trailing five to one early against Winthrop, uh, unfortunately unable to close the deal. But then you had a four to one deficit uh, after six innings at East Tennessee. Came back and won, uh, scored one, one, and two in the final three to win it. And then also uh, against A&T uh, in one of those victories, and you trailed five to nothing.
3: Yeah, you know that. That's where I, I see things really changing. Um, in previous previous years, on just flat out honestly, uh, we'd have lost those games and um, I've never had a doubt in any of those games, like, are we going to win them? I don't know, but I know we're going to come back and we're going to be in the game at the end. Um, one of the things that Coach Smith is, has, is really big on is, is finishing, and every single day in practice, um, towards the end of practice, he blows an air horn, and the air horn is just something for the guys to hear, and it's just a, it's just a signal for, like, Hey, it's time to finish. It's time to mentally mentally lock back in. It's easy in practice sometimes to lose your focus, and and the finished part of a game for us is the seventh, eighth, and ninth, ninth which we've outscored opponents this season so far in those three innings, in the six. And that's just part of part of what we do with our program. Everybody does different things, and our, our big thing for finishing is in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. And obviously, um, when the air horn blows at practice, it's just our just the thing that we do. to they hear. To, to lock them back in. And it's something that we've really bought into, um, you know, and, and in those games, you know, we gave up five in the first to uh, went through, Um We had scored one in the first. We were down five to one and we had eight to six lead in the eighth and we ended up losing. Um, had a nine to nine to eight lead going into the ninth and lost ten to nine. And, you know, at East Tennessee State we were down four to one and we, we had really outplayed them. Um, you look up at the board and we out hit them 12 to five and just happened to be that three of their five hits went out of the yard. So um, we were, we were able to come back and win that one and get a big hit in the ninth. And, and those are those are just the small little things that you see. And it, not only is that part of learning how to win, but it also, every single time those little moments happen, there's 35 guys in the dugout that are starting to believe just a little more and a little more and a little more. Let's take a look at the club offensively.
4: I know when, when yourself and Coach Smith, when you guys were down at Landrum, those clubs could always really hit. Um when you got to Boone, you knew it was gonna take some time. Uh, you had to get your players in. Um now through eight games this season, um you're seeing a much better batting average. I know the batting average of course does not always tell the whole story, but uh through eight games you're you're hitting two ninety six.
3: Yeah, you know, at Lander we were we were much more built for power. We would walk out and hit hundred home runs a year. Um one thing that we learned really quickly when we got to division one baseball is not that many home runs are hit. I mean, you can hit some, but, but um, the pitching is really, really good. The defense is extremely special. You know, a lot of teams, to get a hit in the outfield, you better you better hit it because those outfitters can go get it. And the infield defense is really good, so you better really hit a ball through the infield. You know, choppers just don't – choppers don't create hits anymore. And um, so – you know, obviously, we have hit much better this year. Um, you know, Coach Coach Smith does a really, really good job with our hitters. Um, Ryan Smoot, our volunteer assistant, has come in. He's put in a lot of work with those guys. He's in he's in the cage all the time with them. You know, by himself um, late at night. You know, single, twenty three year old, and um, the guys call him, "Hey, Coach, you want to come pitch to us tonight?" You know, he's able to to do some extra work with them and all that kind of stuff. And and we have gotten better, but some of that is just the fact that we have a lot of older guys in the lineup. We have a lot of guys that have seen a lot of at-bats. They've played summer ball. And all of a sudden you start looking and you're going, man, you know, all these guys, three, four, 500, 600 college at-bats in their career. And you just get better and better when you see it day after day after day. And we've just got a lot of of veterans in our lineup. Absolutely. Nice segue for me because that's one of the things that jumps out, having
4: followed uh, the program in recent years, um, Luke Drumheller um obviously philip cole talk about some of those top bats um that that you guys um bring on the table or put on the table i should say
3: yeah obviously drum heller's special um coach smith and coach aspergan saw him in a tournament at our place very early on in our career and they really liked him and we just pulled the trigger on him and offered him as as soon as we could um knowing that if we didn't he was going to end up somewhere else and um he was all about the mountaineers and committed very quickly and you know got in his very first season and was a freshman all-american i think he ended up hitting 337 that year but with three weekends to go he was hitting 374 um and he sitting over 300 last year i think he's hitting around the 340 mark right now um does a really good job for us in the two hole and you know people always say hitters hit hitters hit and luke Drumheller's just a hitter um you know, Philip Cole has had the best year that he's. Had. We're eight games in, so when I say best year, I mean to this point that he has ever had with us. He was uh, his freshman fall, he was unbelievable, um, and we're we're wondering. And it's something we're talking about. You know, Philip's a he he's been a two way guy for us, and uh, had a little hamstring early in the year, so we didn't want to push it and didn't uh, hadn't put him on the mound yet, and all of a sudden he's having the best year he's had. So we're wondering if we're ever even going to put him on the mound. Does not being on the mound help him become a better hitter, a better defender, all of those kind of things? Because he's able to concentrate his efforts on one part of his game, and he um, he's 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 been really good for us. So you know, I didn't mention this name, but Andrew Grekel last year was a junior college transfer for us that was hitting three fifty eight, I think, when the season ended with five doubles, a triple, and four home runs, and. um, He's kind of gotten off to what he would consider a slow start. He doesn't have the batting average that he would want, but he's been able to really put together some good at-bats and get on base for us, although the hits aren't falling. And we, he is such a good hitter, they are going to start at some point. So when they do start falling, he's, he's just going to add another dimension to our lineup that we're, we're really excited to get. Before we shift over and talk about the team defensively and obviously the
4: pitching staff, um, talk about – Alex Leshock, I I know, I know um, just seeing his numbers. Uh, we talked him um, way back when he was a freshman coming out of I guess Marvin Ridge High School down in the Charlotte area. A tremendous talent, and an excellent athlete. who also played football. Um, he's battled some injuries and different things throughout his career, but I know he's off to an excellent start, batting 400.
3: Yeah, he is. He uh, you know, he led he led us in hit his freshman year. It's an interesting story because. We were recruiting him in football and baseball, and um, you know, it, it's a if if he was to go play football, we couldn't offer him any money in baseball. If if he was to be a walk on in both, there's some NCAA rules that are interesting, and um, you know, it's funny We we brought him in for the Union game as a recruit for football. He went down and loved it, and the next weekend, football brought him in. We were playing Miami at home, and he kind of joked sometimes that when he saw Miami's guys on the field warming up, that's when he decided he was just going to play baseball. <laughs> so, actually, after that game, he came up and committed to us when the game was over in the parking lot of our baseball stadium after the Miami football game. And, um, we're you know, he, he led us in hitting his first year. Um, and then the last two years has bat- has kind of battled a hamstring each year he's, he's got a little hamstring tweak. Um, he's a, like you said, he's a tremendous athlete, um, can really run. And that's really what his game is built around. And this year he's been able to stay healthy. He had a really tough year last year. Um, he would tell you it was a, it was a really bad year and it was, um, you know, we had to take him out of our starting lineup. He was really struggling offensively and him and coach Smith got together and, um, you know, with technology now, FaceTime and video and all that kind of stuff is so important. So he was able to go take his swings during the day. Sometimes with Coach Smith talking to him while he was hitting, talk talking through his swing, talking through what he wanted it to look like. He came back this fall and was really really good. And you're starting to you're starting to believe as a coach, you're going, man, if Lachak can shot can be good, we got a chance to. You know, this is going to be a real boost to our offense and just our team in general. And then it gets to January and, you, and you're still wanting to believe, but he's had those two years with a hamstring and you're going, we got to keep that hamstring healthy when knock on wood right now, he's been extremely healthy. Um, some of his hits, you see the 400 batting average are just flat out his athleticism. He may hit a chopper. And if your shortstop doesn't come get it and get rid of it fast, he's safe. It's just a done deal. He, he runs that well. Um, and he's, and he's just elite in center field when there's a ball hit out to center field. Um, it probably better go over the fence or it's getting cold. And, um, he's, he's really changed our team defensively and offensively. I don't think, I don't think we could have ever expected what he's doing offensively through eight games. Um, really, really special thing. He's hitting 400 with like a 545 on base. And that's the most important thing for him. Obviously 400 is going to be hard to keep. Nobody really hits 400. That's, that's hard to do. Um, but if he can continue to get on base, at an extremely high clip, he just makes us so much of a better team because he's got a chance to score every time he gets on. Defensively, things have been
4: very clean this, uh, thus far. Nine eighty-seven fielding percentage, just four errors in eight ball games.
3: Yeah, we've we've played extremely well um, defensively. You know, I, I really think that um, the thing that makes us what we are defensively. Obviously, you got to catch it and throw it, but. We have a shortstop in Bailey Welch, who's a who's a senior and has played a lot of baseball, and he is just a vocal lead of everything on defense. Not let us take a middle break defensively. We are locked in the whole time. Obviously, we've got players that can catch it and throw it and do a really good job with that kind of stuff. But he doesn't. He doesn't let us take the middle breaks. And right now, we've we've played extremely well. Um, you know to continue to field at a 987 clip but i sure do hope that that we can because you know especially this weekend east carolina is just a team where if you make a mistake they make you pay and um you know to be interesting for us this this will be the i guess second time we've been on a natural surface. so um you know you take ground balls on turf all the time then all of a sudden you get to a natural surface and you got to start thinking about bad hops and and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of people last year, we had a, I think we filled a 981 in our 17 games last year, which was really, really good too. And a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, but y'all play on turf. You know, you get good hops. And I just look out of it, and I'm like, 15 of our 17 games were on the road. So um, we'll, we'll be ready. We'll go out tonight. Clark LeClaire, my friend, 615. We'll get out there tonight and get some ground balls and kind of get the idea how it plays with the, with, with the way that Joey Perry takes care of that field. Um, it's probably going to be about as good a playing surface as you can play on for this natural.
4: Yeah, here in just a few minutes, we'll dive a little deeper into your thoughts on Cliff Godwin's ball club. But um, you know, taking a look at your pitching staff, I know you have a couple of tremendous lefties uh, at the front of your rotation with Tyler Tuthill and also Quentin Martinez.
3: Yeah, two, two guys that are really, really good. Um, you know, both of them have, have pitched a lot of baseball. You know, last year, um, Tuthill didn't quite have the year that he probably wanted to have. But one thing about it, he didn't pitch in the fall. And also Martinez had thrown a lot of innings over the summer, so he didn't pitch in the fall either. And I really believe that with summer ball not really being a thing this summer, unless it was very local and you lived in the right place, um, those guys worked extremely hard this summer, came back and pitched really well in the fall. And I really think having a fall – has propelled them into the spring and um, they've they've pitched extremely well. Tuthill has given up, I think, three runs and two outings and one of those was a two run homer. The other one was he a guy came in with a man on first and third and the first pitch was a blooper to left field to cash in a run for him. Um but he, he's been he's been really, really good. And, you know, Martinez got touched up a little bit last week, gave up five runs, but continued to battle and um kept us in the game and was still ever still able to get seven innings. So yeah, that's, one,
4: um, that's one of the things that really stood out to me about uh, Martinez's two starts against Winthrop seven shutout innings, just three hits. Then, like you just mentioned against A and T, uh, he gave up three early, but then still gave you six and a third.
3: Yeah, it was it was uh, it was pretty interesting. He he, uh, he gave up a third home run to a kid who never had an at bat the next. Kid- being a really good hitter from A&T as, as he finally got to start and play every day because we played him four times in a row. So we got to see him an awful lot, but um, you know, and then he gave up a solo shot. So four, so he had given up some hits, but it was two swings, you know, at that point, when we finished that game on Sunday last week, we had given up 11 runs at that point and 10 of the 11 runs had come via the home run. So, um, you know, it was just one of those things. They put two good swings and, the other one was a was a safety squeeze on a bunt, and um, but but Quentin really really battled, gave us some length, allowed us to just go to our bullpen deeper in the game, and if we can get to Noah Hall, Eli Ellington, and Jason Kornatzer um, with a lead or in a tight game, I feel pretty good about what's going to happen. Absolutely,
4: I wanted to talk about those relief options here in just a moment, but uh, talk us. Tell us about the uh, Sunday role. Um, Who's going to be the number three starter? Is it kind of up in the air at this point?
3: Um, Right now, it's, you know, we had to turn in our rotation yesterday to Malcolm Gray, and we sent TBA. We we don't know exactly what we're going to do. Trey has was supposed to be our Tuesday starter, and because of the way Sundays have gone, we've actually had to pitch him two Sundays in a row. So um, he's an option. Um, probably the the best option that that we would have. But we don't know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to see how the first two games play out um, to see how we want to handle that.
4: Now back to the bullpen, um, you you mentioned Noah Hall, Eli Ellington. Uh, In addition to the two of them, uh, who are some of the other top relief options?
3: Um, Obviously those two. And then you got Jason Kornatzer, who's been pretty good for us. You know, he – he had a little. He struggled a little bit Tuesday night, but he's he's been very very good. His stuff was good. He just uh, couldn't figure out how to get a third out in the inning, which was it's just part of baseball that's going to happen. Um, we've also got Sa si Smith, who was really really good for us last year. Um, and if we can get Sa si going, his stuff's electric. And if you can add him to those three guys, it's going to be really good. Then we've just got a. I always call him the grizzled veteran, Andrew Pap. You know, he's he's in his sixth year and. He um, you know, he has a 2.88 ERA, career ERA coming into this season. Um, I think he's pitching at a 540 right now. You know, he gave up a run the other night, and people are like, oh, man. So Pap gave up a run, and they, people have no idea that it was a bunt single when we weren't defending the bunt, a bloop single, a fly ball to center field, and then another bloop that our shortstop caught, and the guy tagged up from third base. And so he, he really did a good job the other night and actually gave up a run. Um, but he he's a guy that you'll see. Um, he's just kind of a security blanket for us down there. He can pitch in so many different holes. He can come in. But he can close out a game, and um, he's he's just he's just going to find a way to get his to, to get out. So it's just what he does. Coming into this weekend, um, obviously, Pirates coming off of.
4: Midweek loss to Old Dominion, 12 innings, 6-5 on Wednesday night. Uh, what are your impressions of Cliff Godwin's ball club, given that you've had the opportunity to obviously see him on film, scouting reports, and so on and so forth?
3: You know, it's, it's interesting because film doesn't always show the whole story. So, obviously, we watched a lot of film. Um, but with our game getting rained out last Friday, um, I went home and watched East Carolina and Georgia Southern on – on friday night and I, and I think the very first thing that comes to your mind that film doesn't show in little three to five minute segments is just the toughness you always hear cliff talk about that about his teams and that's it's real they're they are so tough um play so hard execute at such a high level if if you take your defense and you stand in the wrong place on the field in the infield with your third baseman or first baseman they're going to they're going to bunt it then they're going to hit and run then they're going to slash then they're going to bunt again and and they can just really speed you up on defense and force you into mistakes and the thing that's so impressive about that is is how they executed it at such a high level they, their bunts are extremely good extremely well placed like great pace on the baseball to really force you to have to make a play. Um, Puts a lot of pressure on your pitcher. Puts a lot of pressure on your catcher. Then all of a sudden they get on and they steal. They're just so multiple in what they do. Um, And then at the same time, you you see the Duke game. They can walk out and hit three home runs, and all of a sudden you're just like, what in the world just happened? Um, You know, pitching-wise, obviously at the, the front of the rotation with Smith and Cooch Manor you've you've got guys that are just veterans that have just done it over and over and over again um sunday with Wizen hunt (laughs) that dude is that dude is special the things that are coming out of his hands pirate fans need to enjoy that one because he's gonna he's gonna be making a lot of money and i think if he continues the way he's going people are gonna be watching him pitch on tv one day um he's special and then you you go down in the bullpen and You know, when we were just talking about Pat kind of being the grizzled veteran, you've you've got guys just like that at East Carolina with, you know, Matt Bridges and, you know, Cole Moore and obviously one of the younger guys, T.J. Mayhew, who just comes out. He's just dynamic from the left side. They've got power stuff. They've got power breaking balls. They mix extremely well, you know, and, you know, they get pitches out of the – they get swings out of the zone because their stuff is so good. And um, they're just—they're really, really multiple—they do really hard to defend, really hard to hit against. To walk you, they fill the zone up. This um, could be—it's going to be, a, it's gonna be a, a huge test for us this weekend, because um, I think the team that makes the fewest mistakes is going to win.
4: Couple more questions for you. Um, you know, just taking a look down the road. Uh, just talk about um, what the Mountaineers have ahead after this three-game series against East Carolina, um, you know, non-conference-wise and also uh, a very challenging Sun Belt schedule?
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> funny you asked that because I know that we play Wilmington next weekend and we don't have a midweek. Beyond that, I could honestly not even tell you who we play. Um, I've, I've really tried hard to, to stay in the moment this year one of the things that's obviously helping me stay in the moment is having a pregnant wife that could have a baby any day. Um, so I I do know we play Wilmington next week. Obviously the Sunbelt is an extremely good league. I don't know who we open up with. I don't know where we open up any of that. Um, but we are, we're blessed to be in a good league. It's going to be a heck of a challenge. It's going to be a heck of a challenge next week at, at Wilmington. Obviously everybody in Eastern North Carolina knows the kind of program that they have. Um, and, we're, we're excited to continue to get into it, but really excited to, I know it's going to sound cliche, but to get to the practice field tonight and finish final preparations for the Pirates this weekend.
4: Obviously, you're well aware of um, what Keith Leclair means to East Carolina baseball and just college baseball in general for that matter. Uh, I know he means a tremendous amount to you. You wear the number 23. And so just talk about um, how special it is for you guys um, to, to play in the Keith Leclair Classic.
3: Yeah, so so the first the first year we were at um, East Carolina was in the Keith LeClaire, and it it means a ton. A lot of people don't know more of the story. Um, obviously, just Coach LeClaire, the the East Carolina ties, all of that kind of stuff. Um, being growing up in East Carolina, Pirate, you know, going to school there, following the program um, was was one big part of it. But then when we were at Lander University, Coach Smith and myself recruited. JD his son and through that process really got to know his wife Lynn and his daughter Audrey and um it's kind of been a it's been a really good relationship Mm -hmm. since then you know I was I was actually texting with her earlier this week to find out if she's coming this weekend and um when when we had our when we had our boys three years ago sent baby clothes um, as, a, as a gift to us. So we, we've created a relationship with with the family. And I think that's what makes it so special is it's so much more than just baseball. And for me personally, coming back this weekend is so much more than baseball as well. Yes. For the teams that are coming in, like our, as we've kind of shared story with them a little bit of coach LeClaire, but Probably not going to mean as much to them as it does to the people in East North Carolina, as it does to the team at East Carolina. But this is really, really special for me personally to be able to come in and be a part of this weekend. Um, know, to know what it means. Yes, baseball's on the forefront. We want to win, but this is, this weekend and what coach LeClaire stood for is so much bigger than baseball. And um, just really honored to get to walk in here and, and play in a stadium named after him to play in a tournament named after him and for what it means. And, you know, obviously um, following Audrey, you know, she's at medical school right now, trying to become a doctor. And, you know, there's, she she's gonna be the one, I, and I'm not saying this for a hundred percent, but she, she's gonna be one who's really gonna move the needle. I really believe this. She, she's gonna move the needle on helping finding a cure for ALS um she's she's dedicated her life to it know how much it means to her um she's obviously lived through it with with her dad and so this weekend, so much more than baseball it's, it's so important to get to um so exciting to get to to be a part of this weekend and what it means um just because of coach Sinclair. absolutely very well said i really uh, agree with your statement
4: there regarding audrey and what she's doing with her life now in med school and committing her life to, to finding a cure for als as well as other things in the medical field and i uh, really have a lot of respect and admiration for her and uh, she's going to be part of the program tonight as well i'm looking forward to catching up with her we have had her on a couple times in the past but uh, really appreciate your time this afternoon uh, we'll let you get busy we know like you've mentioned a couple times you'll be on the field at uh, clark clare stadium here within the next couple hours but uh, best of luck this season and Look forward to having you back on down the road.
3: Appreciate it, Bubba. Thank you so
4: much. Really appreciate Britt Johnson uh, coming on with us. Really appreciate Britt Johnson coming on with us, um, spending a half an hour with us this afternoon, previewing this weekend's matchup in the Keith LeClaire Classic. Also, of course, appreciate Audrey LeClaire and uh, her time this evening, as always. Um, very well spoken, doing a tremendous job, and I really look forward to uh, seeing her graduate from medical school here in the next few years. But uh, right now, we'll go ahead and wrap up tonight's program. Really appreciate uh, Dave and Kyle earlier, and I'm going to go ahead and get out of here and uh, check out East Carolina and UCF on the hardwood. Uh, Pirates down early, uh, eighteen to seven. But uh, we'll see. Maybe they can come from behind. And they have been playing with a lot of energy. Just zero shots falling as they have just those seven points, eight minutes into the ball game. Remember to follow us on social media on Twitter at theSportsOBJ, on Instagram at the Sports Objective, like and follow us on Facebook, and subscribe to mm-hmm. our YouTube channel. Until next time, go Pirates!